Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 20th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy to be here with you. Once again, monologuing once again in the seat by myself. I hope you enjoyed the last two days of episodes with guests. Uh, Enjoyed that conversation with Xander Peters about Orlando Magic fandom at this moment, at this low moment in the franchise's history, the lowest moment perhaps in the franchise's history. And I hope you enjoyed yesterday the conversation that I had with Stuart Hodge answering some questions. If you have not listened to those already, you can go back into the archives by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device, as well as checking out the webs the website now, LockedOnMagic.com. You can find an almost complete archive, at least for the last few weeks since I started uh, running the website, um, as well as some discussion starters and some other fun goodies on that website. So definitely, definitely check that out uh, and check out those two episodes as well. Hope you enjoyed them. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to do more stuff like that with Stuart, um, as well as do some other uh, other fun things as the offseason gets going. Today's episode's going to be a little bit of a breather. I know the last two episodes were a little bit heavier um, with, some, with, some, with some good stuff, I hope. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the news that came out earlier this week. I, I mentioned it in passing in the last two episodes, so I want to give it its full due here. And then I'm going to kind of continue that season recap for now a week since the season ended. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that season recap with my unanswered questions from this season uh, that that will help frame the off season I, I think and I hope for uh, for you all so we'll dive into that just a little bit today but let's start with the news that came out Monday it was somewhat surprised I was surprised by it at least it, it was a somewhat surprising piece of new information from Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel the Orlando Magic have reportedly fired their entire training and strength and conditioning staff. That includes longtime head athletic trainer Keon Weiss. That includes a fairly long-time strength and conditioning coach Bill Burgos. And essentially it means the Orlando Magic are starting from scratch everywhere. I, I, I don't... Well, I want to impress just, just kind of how jarring this, this whole thing is and, and how, how much of a reset this is. If you follow Mario Azonia on Instagram, he's taken some photos of late from the Magic's practice facility. And it is a lonely experience right now. Because not only are there no head coaches, no, no coaches, no assistant coaches in the office to work with players, which, which you can do. This isn't college. You can't hold formal practices. You can't do anything required. But players can still go into the practice facility Mario Zoni can still go into the practice facility until June 30th. You can still go into the practice facility and use the facilities and the staff that's there. So there's no strength and conditioning staff to work with work with any of the players. There's no training staff in the building. You're kind of on your own. And at this point of the summer, it's like, okay, who cares? It's not that important. But obviously, this is a very, very big deal. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what effect a good trainer will have. I've had some people say, oh, of, of course they fire the trainer now after this injury se- injury-riddled season where the Magic lost more than 220 games to injury. That's not on the trainer, believe it or not. That's really not on the trainer. And, and Orlando 
does still have at least some medical staff in place. David Tenney is the uh, high performance director, I think is what his title is called. He's kind of an innovator in, in sports science. The Magic hired him in September, and and he had the final say on when players would play and how many minutes they would play, what their minutes restrictions would be. So there's a guy there that, that, that the players have some type of relationship with that has been making medical decisions for the, play, for the players or making medical recommendations for the players uh, throughout the season. So it's not like it's completely bare bones. And Matt Hill is the only assistant coach remaining. He's probably still in the building. Uh, so a, a training staff, don't blame them for the injuries. The injuries are random. Injuries are always random. Recovery, when they come back, I mean, the Magic were probably o- overly cautious with some of their players. That's, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I think the difference there, it's really more about trust. And the same thing goes with the strength and conditioning staff. The difference between strength and conditioning staff is probably very small at the end of the day. The best ones are the best. The worst ones are the worst, but the difference I don't think is very much in very much the different. I think Bill Burgos did a good program. I mean, I think the Magic saw gains in the weight room. Whether that translated to the court, that to me is still on the players. So this is a big deal in that it is yet another sign that the Magic are making some sweeping changes, that they're not just going to stick with the status quo, that after six years of just poor play, they need to change things up. They need to mix things up, and they need to change even the way that they think. And so Jeff Weltman is putting his stamp on this team. As I said, after the Magic fired Frank Vogel, it very much feels like the Magic are trying to start over, are trying to rebuild in in a very real way. And so, to me, that's what the Magic are doing here. That's what the Magic are ultimately doing, is they're looking for a way to restart. From the very ground up, I mean, we're talking... If, if I've said this before, if the problem with this franchise, with this organization, is that the rot is extremely deep, which it might be, then Jeff Weltman is pulling it out from the roots. And yeah, some good things and some good people might get pulled out with them. But it might be what's important and what you have to do to reset the team's culture. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to do. Obviously, the players are gonna are the bigger piece to this puzzle than the support staff. But the Magic are starting over, and like like I mean, we all want change. I think I think everyone senses that the Magic want change. Here is the change coming. Here's the change in person. And so now we'll see what the Magic come up with and whether. Uh, they go w- uh, whether Jeff Waltman makes the right decisions and and brings in the staff that will be this change and bring the personnel in that be that will be this change that he wants to be. So definitely something worth addressing now as we enter the offseason. No other word on the coaching search. Supposedly, the Magic were in uh, or Magic executives Jeff Waltman and John Hammond were in Europe this week. Um, they went and saw Luka Doncic play. I'm sure they looked at some other players. There are plenty of other foreign players to keep tabs on. Uh, and so we'll, we'll 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 keep an eye on the coaching search as things uh, begin to develop next week. I am sure. And 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 just on another side note, we'll can we'll I know I said this week I would begin uh, player evaluations. I've begun them on the website orlandomagicdaily.com. Next week we will begin diving further into player evaluations. I'll start with Aaron Gordon. We'll have a full episode on Aaron Gordon 
on Monday. So be sure to look forward for that. But before we dive into player evaluations, it's Friday. I, I, I don't want to start player evaluations on Friday. We'll, we'll start on a Monday. Uh, before we dive into that, uh, you know, we, we did end the season about a week ago. And I think most of us are, are in the good riddance mode. Most of us are in the mode of let's just move on. Let's let's look forward to the offseason. And I'm not one to burn content. <laughs> I'm not going to... I'm not gonna waste my my I'm not gonna waste waste my good my good content my good story ideas this early when we got a long way to go we still got a month three four weeks until the lottery that's gonna that's gonna make some picture some of the picture clearer uh, and so I'm not gonna sit and speculate on, on that or, or or just kind of talk about the same things so let's dot and speaking of talking about the same things let's dive back into then a little bit of a season recap and. Look at it in a forward-thinking way. The unanswered questions from the Magic season, what questions are left for us to think about now that the season is over? And I did come up with five questions to ponder, to ask, now that the season's over. The first one I'm going to start with is, is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon had a breakout season. He ended up, I think I've been saying he was a leading scorer. He was not. His last game actually nudged him behind Evan Fournier. But for all intents and purposes, Aaron Gordon, he had a career season. He was the team's leading scorer. He was the team's best player. I, I haven't named a full season MVP, but when I sit down and look at it, I'm probably going to name Aaron Gordon the full season MVP for whatever that's worth. Gordon did a lot of really good things all year. He showed development with his three-point shot, shooting still 33%, 33.6% from beyond the arc, but certainly better than he had throughout the rest of his career. He never shot better than 30%. He increased his scoring. He showed an ability to take on a larger scoring load, and when the conditions were right, when the offense was feeling good, showed the ability to drop 30, 40 points regularly, not, not in isolated incidents, regularly. And so with Aaron, it's still, at 22 years old, about continuing to develop and continuing to grow. And of course, he has the big contract decision coming up this summer. Or the Magic have a big contract decision coming up this summer with him. But you look a little bit deeper into the numbers and, and, and this debate about whether the Magic should pay Aaron Gordon, there are some troubling signs. And so the first unanswered question is, how concerned should we be with the slump, for lack of a better term, Aaron Gordon went through at the end of the season. In his first 25 games, Gordon shot 49.2% from the floor and 40.1% from beyond the arc to average 18.1 points per game. Really solid numbers. Like that's If you're doing that, you're doing something right. That's when he looked like an all-star. That's when the Magic looked like a good team. But as teams adjusted to him, as teams game-planned for him a little bit more, as the Magic struggled with injuries, as the Magic kind of put more on his plate, Gordon undoubtedly struggled. In his final 32 games, Gordon still averaged 17.1 points per game. Solid, solid raw production. But shot just 39.7% from the floor and 29% from beyond the arc. Again, Injuries had a little bit to do with that. He was in and out of the lineup with a concussion. He had the, the thigh contusion. He was, he was just kind of in and out of the lineup. He never really got consistency. And he admitted that that was part of his problem. 
but we could also see with our eyes what was part of the problem. Frank Vogel said after his big games that really those big games came because he played within the offense. He wasn't trying to do too much. He wasn't forcing anything. It was just naturally attacking and and reacting. We saw toward the end of the season that Gordon kind of got in his head that he was going to be the star. And that meant a lot of isolations. That meant a lot of heavy dribbling possessions. And that's not what he's good at. And so you have to ask how much of that were growing pains and how much of that was Gordon trying to do too much, trying to do the right things, or Gordon kind of giving into ego almost, or giving into what his conception of what he is was, rather than playing the way that we know he can play. Obviously, that adds another element to the conversation about Aaron Gordon. We'll have more of that on Monday, of course. Um, But Aaron still had a good season. Don't get me wrong. Aaron still was very, very good this season. But the question remains, what Aaron Gordon do you believe in? The one from the beginning of the season, the first 25 games, or the one from the last 37? And and can he continue to evolve? That's, that's the question with Aaron Gordon. The next unanswered question, I think, is how good was Jonathan Isaac, really? Jonathan Isaac was superb when he played on defense. All indications are he had a real effect on the defensive end. Uh, Of the Magic's players, Orlando had the best defensive rating of the team when Jonathan Isaac was on the court. 101.1 defensive rating. That's, That's nothing to look past. And it was it was clear watching him that he could make this impact. He was just long. He was all over the place. And he would admit that, that he's going to continue to get better. That his defense isn't where he wants it yet. So the question is, how does he continue to get better? How does he How does he take that next step? And and I think playing just playing just being healthy will help him do that. But it's still a legitimate question. Like did Isaac just stand out defensively because everyone else was so bad or, or he was just something new and we wanted him to be good? How much of a concern is his Lack of offensive development? These are all real questions, and I think we'll answer some of these in July. I think we'll get some answers to these questions in July when we see Isaac play at Summer League. I mean, he said he's going to play Summer League this year. And so, that'll be a place to start. But undoubtedly, like Isaac and Gordon are the two centerpieces of this franchise. They are the two big pieces to this team. And figuring out how to make them work is very much the game for the Orlando Magic in the coming uh, in the coming weeks, in the coming months. The final question that, that I want to review here is one that I'm sure Magic fans don't want to hear or, or might 
think they have the answer to. And, and that was, how real was the Orlando Magic start? Now, we expect the Magic to make some massive changes to the roster this summer. We expect them to flip over the roster almost entirely, in fact. And that 8-4 and four start definitely had its holes. The, te- the team's defense wasn't great. They were giving up a ton of points in the paint. It was definitely, was def- the shooting was just unbelievably real, uh, unreal. We knew they were going to crash back down to earth. And, and we all, I think at the time, we all thought, or at least I thought, that crashing back down to earth meant competing for the eight seed, not winning 25 games. But still, there were moments when the Magic looked like that 8-4 and four team again. When they beat Cleveland. When they beat Milwaukee. Uh, there, were, there were times when the team seemingly was, was able to take, not a step forward, but look like that team. And so, if the Magic can play to that level for one month. Why couldn't they do it for another month? And that's the most frustrating thing of the season is that Orlando wasn't able to match their capability. They never played up to their potential. But we know they have that potential. We know they can hit that standard. Now, the trick in the NBA is always consistency. The 82-game schedule is unforgiving. And there's an argument to be made that the, that the starting the season so early led to some of these surprises. Led to some of these teams that shot out of the gates and then slowed down as other teams got back into kind of their rhythm. Maybe the Magic were a victim of that. And, and I think we can all say that the Magic are more like the team that ended the season than the team that began the season. But yet, I think we can all say, and, and I would say, I think we can all say that the team's record was worse than the team's actual talent and ability level because of the injuries. Well, We won't know what the Magic would have looked like if they would have stayed healthy all year. I am fairly certain they would not be a 25-win team. I'm certain that they would probably be closer to 30. I think there were definitely three or four wins that they lost because of the injuries, if not more. Now, is that enough to make you commit to this team again? No, absolutely not. The Magic need to find new players. They need to flip over this roster, and it's cl- honestly, it's clear they're going to do that with the way that they're changing the entire behind-the-scenes staff, like I said. And obviously, a new coach is going to come in and, and help, hopefully, change the Magic's culture and, and, and expectation levels. But still, if you're, I mean, the Magic are going to bring back some of the players on this roster. You're not going to trade everyone you want to start flipping over in one summer. It's not going to happen. But you got to at least get the most out of your talent and the most out of your players. And that's going to be, 
I think one of the big big issues facing the Magic in the coming coming weeks and coming months. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I hope you all have a great weekend. We'll enjoy the playoffs as always. We'll be back Monday with another episode of Locked on Magic. We'll start our player evaluations. I will talk about Aaron Gordon. Monday will be the Aaron Gordon episode, so we'll talk all about Aaron Gordon's season. I previewed it a little bit here on the show, so I hope you all uh, enjoy that, and I hope you all join us again on Monday. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And of course, check out LockedOnMagic.com. I post the podcast there, post some discussion starters, uh, interesting tidbits, uh, give, you, give you a look at what I'm reading, uh, some of the articles that we're referencing here on the show as well. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including our latest player evaluation on Shelvin Mack, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at OmagicDaily. Lots of stuff still to come this offseason. Lots of stuff still to come uh, before the draft as well. We'll knock out some player evaluations next week. Uh, so we'll take a look at We'll get ready for that. But until then, have a great weekend. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.